Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number 334, I am welcoming back Jackie Hill Perry. Okay, God is holy. I get it. But what does it have to do with me? Is it just supposed to be in my brain or is it supposed to affect my life in some way? You know, like I'm suffering. I'm going through things. I have temptations. My kids are getting on my nerves. My husband's never here. Like it's all these things that we want to know how holiness, what it has to do with any of that. And the truth is, that's everything to do with it. Because the way we live and the way we engage with the world around us is really like symptomatic of how or what we believe is true about God. You know, if we don't believe that God cares about us, we won't give him our care. Mm. If we don't believe that God loves us, we're going to go to all kinds of relationships and all kinds of other means to get love. If we don't believe that God is a forgiving God, a saving God, then we'll resort to legalism, believing that we have the ability to save our work, ourselves just by being in church and tithing all the time. And so I think understanding the nature of God as explained in the scriptures has everything to do with our life. Jackie is a wife to Preston, a mom to three little girls and one little boy she's currently pregnant with. And this episode, y'all, I just feel like one, she's a fantastic communicator. And that started years ago when she was a word artist, spoken word artist and musician. But it seems to me she is a theologian for the people. She reminds us that what we believe about God impacts our everyday. And today we are talking about God's holiness. And what does that have to do with mothering? Uh, At the end, she told me after we got off, she said, I don't often get to do interviews about my own journey as a mom. So I hope you all enjoy that. Even her unique angle in where she realized she was avoiding motherhood with her travel schedule and how she's kind of leaned into being more present with her girls. So it's going to be a fantastic conversation. Before we get to it, I wanted to personally invite you to pre-order my new book, Don't Mom Alone. It comes out October 12th. If you pre-order, you will get an audio copy of the book and an invitation to go even further and help me launch the book. We're going to have a private Facebook group There'll be a lot of fun things that come along with that. If you want to learn more, go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash book. All right, let's get to my chat with Jackie. Here we go. Jackie, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I did my little research to figure out when you were on the show last, and it was exactly three years ago. Really? This month? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. So if anyone's listening, and you're like, who's Jackie Hill Perry? I don't know, Heather. Well, welcome. Uh, <laughs> come on and go back to 2018 and listen to my episode to get Jackie's backstory a little bit more. Today, we're talking yeah. about holiness, though. Yeah. Because it's a whole thing. And you have redeemed this word, I think, to its orig- original meaning. Trying to. You're working on it. You're doing a good job. (laughs) I was able to go to Jackie's event, live event here in Dallas. And it was, it was a real moment for me. And so I connected with her people at life when I was like, I've got to have Jackie on stat. (laughs) I need to share 
this information with the moms that listen to the show. So let's get into holiness. I, like yeah. we said, we're gotta, we gotta reclaim this word cause it feels heavy and like, there's a lot old, yeah. old. Yeah. How old were you when you came to faith? Uh, 19. So fair. And I'm still very young, <laughs> so, but I still feel like I have a couple years under my belt, but not, not enough. And you've had experience in a variety of church settings where yeah, things are sure. handed to you that maybe you kind of gave back. Yeah. Oh, for sure. When I was a kid, I went to my aunt's church a lot, which they said they were Baptists, but they functioned like Pentecostals. So it was a really interesting space where you have like this kind of holiness. We wear dresses, no pants, all that. But we also speak in tongues and run around the building. And so it was, a, <laughs> it was Were there banners? Did, were there banners? They was didn't have dan- that. No dancing with banners. That. Okay. No dancing. Because dancing, again, that's, oh. that's not that, that holy. Or so they said. That's what they said. So break it down for someone who's maybe, maybe they are so removed from holiness. They've got so much baggage with it. Yeah. Well. Holy is really, I think the, the best way to understand it first is by understanding how it's a part of God's nature or is God's nature rather. Um, holiness is not that God is just all about rules and sending people to hell. Uh, holiness is not merely uh, that God is right and you are wrong. It conveys the idea of separateness. And so one of the easiest ways to see it is in Genesis 2 when God Uh, blesses the Sabbath day and he makes it holy, meaning he separates, sets the Sabbath day apart from all the other days. It's a day that's supposed to be treated uh, differently and honored in a different way rather than the other days. Another example is I used it in my sermon on holiness, which is in every house, there are two types of dishes. You have the really regular dishes that you eat hamburgers on, and then you have the dishes that you eat turkey and dressing on uh, during the holidays. The regular dishes, you put them in the regular cabinets. The other dishes, you put them in a special place. They are designated and treated uniquely. They are separated. They are set apart. And so to understand God's holiness, we're not talking about rules and wrath primarily. We're just talking about the, the overall idea that God is set apart. Now, then you have to ask, set apart for what? Yeah. And we say everything. <laughs> God is completely unique and different from everything that exists uh, because God is transcendent, meaning he exists differently than us. And God is morally pure, meaning he is more ethical and pure and unblemished, unlike us. So, yeah, that's a really basic, I think, definition. <laughs> he's, he's other. Completely. There's nothing we can create ourselves, manufacture. We, we often say he's like us, right? But we put human qualities onto God. Uh-huh. And even to be kind of philosophical, even what makes us human is really us imaging God. We hear because he does. We see because he does. We communicate because he does. It's, it's not the other way around. Huge. I think, yeah. I think that. We just blew some people's mind just with that. I really love, and this is on the back of the book. If, if someone's watching the video, they can, here's the book. It's so pretty. I love it so much. It's, it's like it book. came off the church library from the seventies yeah. Yeah. and you've even crinkled the pages for us. But the, 
the whole concept of if he is good and set apart and different and transcendent, talk to us about him interacting with us. Yeah. Uh, holiness can, can feel really abstract, right? Like, okay, God is holy. I get it. But what does it have to do with me? Is it just supposed to be in my brain or is it supposed to affect my life in some way? You know, like I'm suffering. I'm going through things. I have temptations. My kids are getting on my nerves. My husband's never here. Like it's all these things that we want to know how holiness, what it has to do with any of that. And the truth is that's everything to do with it because the way we live and the way we engage with the world around us is really like symptomatic of how or what we believe is true about God. You know, if we don't believe that God cares about us, we won't give him our cares. Mm. If we don't believe that God loves us, we're going to go to all kinds of relationships and all kinds of other means to get love. If we don't believe that God is a forgiving God, a saving God, then we'll resort to legalism, believing that we have the ability to save our work ourselves just by being in church and tithing all the time. And so I think understanding the nature of God, as explained in the scriptures, has everything to do with our life. Now, uh, what does that mean? For example, I mentioned before when God says, hey, cast your cares on me for I care for you. All of us have cares. All of us have anxieties. All of us have stresses. Uh, the older I get, the more cares I seem to collect. <laughs> and <laughs> the moral purity of God, if I apply it to my care, says, oh, when he says he cares for me, he's not lying. Because he's 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 a holy God. Therefore, he's not an apathetic God. He, and he can't is, lie. He cannot lie to you. He's yeah. compassionate. And yeah. so my faith is built up to know, oh, God is telling me the truth when he says that he cares. Then the moral transcendence, I mean, the transcendence of God is, oh, the God that says that he has compassion also has sovereign rule over my temptations and my circumstances and my, not my temptation, yeah, but <laughs> he has sovereign rule <laughs> over the earth and all that happens in it. Therefore, he's able to even utilize my cares and utilize my issues and utilize my struggles where they work out for my good and for his glory. A non-transcendent God doesn't have that much power over your circumstances. So that's how it, I think, trickles on down to your life uh, when you see it that way. Having four boys shopping for nice clothes or even just clothes in general is not something that either of us find enjoyable. Oftentimes our styles clash or they really find a lot of things uncomfortable, um, itchy. And so what I love is if that is you, I have a great option for you. One of this week's sponsors is Stitch Fix for Kids. That's right. If you have a hard time finding clothes that your kids are going to want to love, check out Stitch Fix for Kids. It's an effortless way to find affordable, really, truly. The prices start at just $10 an item for sizes 2T to 8 Teen, they will listen to the input, what your kid likes to wear. You fill out like a whole profile and they will send you clothes that fit that. Things that you can try on at home before you buy. Keep the ones that you like and that they like. Send back the rest. They offer free shipping, returns, and exchanges. There's no subscription. So you could just set up an order for some back to school looks or maybe when you're heading into Christmas, the holidays, and you want some nicer things or just maybe you just need some play clothes. It's been a while and you haven't put money into buying things for your kids. I know my youngest ones, 
hand-me-downs only last so long. Anyone else? Uh, you're going to pay $20 for a styling fee, which gets credited towards whatever pieces you keep. If you try stitchfix.com slash DMA, if you go there today, you're going to get 25% off when you keep everything that comes in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash DMA. You'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash DMA. Well, and we are in a busted world. Jacked up really messed up people, total depravity. And again, we take our experiences and apply them to God. Like you've yeah. been in women's ministries, you've talked to lots of people and how often that what we believe about God is how we act. What we yeah. believe about God is based in our experience, which mm -hmm. is so screwed up because mm -hmm. of pain and wounds and trauma. And so we don't trust God because people have sinned against us. Uh -huh. But I love what you say about God's holiness and connected to our trust. Yeah, because that's kind of the whole, that's the subtitle of the book, right. how the holiness of God helps us trust him. Um, because I think that's a different angle to say, this isn't something that we're just supposed to know that God is holy. It's something that's supposed to move us to greater faithfulness in who he is. Um, and one, uh, one, one thing you touched on is that like, man, if God is, is holy, which I say on the back of the book, if God is holy, that means he cannot sin. If God cannot sin, that means he cannot sin against me. If God cannot sin against me, doesn't that make him the most trustworthy being there is? And that is mind blowing when you really treat it as true because everybody in the entire world has the potential to sin against me to lie to me, to fail me in some way, shape, form, or fashion, even if they love me with their whole heart or at least try to, they will still not be able to love me to the degree that God does. Why? Because they're not him. Yeah. And so I think that sets you free to say, oh, man, why am I holding back so much from you when you won't ever abuse me or take advantage of me? My moment I had, I'll just tell you because... I'm sure everyone who is at your event wants to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you and tell you about <laughs> their experience at your event. But I get the chance to is when I think it was the end of the first day and you talked about the story of Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah 6. Gosh, I was real. I was like, if I mess this up, if I say Ezekiel or some other <laughs> uh, Elijah or something. That's out of my Isaiah. Uh-huh. Okay. So he, Isaiah and his moment and everyone who's familiar with the Bible may remember he has an experience with God. The seraphim are, are saying, holy, holy, holy. And then he's unworthy in his lips and all the jazz mm -hmm. with the coal. Okay. My moment was we're in the worship. I'm sitting there and I'm picturing God holy on the throne. And you had thrown out Jesus, Jesus on the throne. And I am asking myself, and maybe this is my challenge to whoever is ever listening in time you have alone with God, just sit there in prayer and say, God, you are holy. You cannot sin against me. And ask yourself, why do I not trust you? Woo. Yeah. And see what comes to mind. Yeah. And I will tell you, I fear suffering. Woo. And then That's I think, good. are you the cause of my suffering? Huh. Yeah. Are you the cause of my suffering? And then I had to reckon, are you? So then I got to the point where I confessed that. 
And Jesus said, come on up here on the throne and sit with me. Because that is where the New Testament takes us to a new level and holiness shifts Mm. because we are now the holy saints, right? We are. Yeah. Jesus has done the work to set us apart. Anyway, I had a whole moment and I would say anyone is going to have their thing. Where's your unbelief? Where are you holding God at a distance? Ask him. Yeah. And it's scary. Yeah. To, to be that honest, you know, it's easy to be numb to the reality of what you think about God, you know, to continue to just, just kind of coast, you know, I'm a Christian. I go through life. I go to church, you know, I listen to CCM and I do all the things. And it's like, man, no, like that numbness, that ignorance of yourself Mm. keeps you from, from healing and keeps you from bearing fruit. Truly, it does. It, it because those are the places that that God wants to reach. That that those are the parts of us that 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 God says, "No, I want to feel that mm-hmm. so that you are sustained, satisfied and happy in me." Yeah. And by happy, I don't mean this overly jubilant experience of joy that is devoid of reality. Right. I mean, a happiness and a joy that Jesus had for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, one that has a contentment that the world and my circumstances can never take from me. And so amen to that, that uh, self-awareness and all the things. Curiosity. Let's get curious. Why don't I? I love it. Yeah. Why don't search I? My and heart. Here's my, yes. Search me and know me. Like yep. bring it to light and. I think, you know, we're going to talk about motherhood. We're going to talk about it. But I think it, it did make me ask the question, the whole, okay, God cannot sin against me. But I think in motherhood, there's a lot of not trusting God because we're fearful. Something's going to happen to our kids. Mm. We're going to experience pain. Mm. And we do connect God with the cause. So let's talk through that for the person who's like, yeah, but my kid got cancer or I lost a child or X, Y, Z, my husband passed away, whatever it is. Yeah. It's really hard. Suffering is a really terrible reality. You know, it sucks. (laughs) Like it sucks that earth isn't heaven yet. Mm. But I think the challenge really is a challenge of faith one that refuses to accuse God of injustice just because life is not as perfect as I would like. Uh, And that isn't to discount or discredit our feelings, but it is to say we cannot allow our experiences to define God's nature. Uh, Jesus does that. It it says that he has has, uh, made the father known, which literally means he has exegeted him. He has explained him. Jesus is the one that has the right to define God for us. Not our circumstances, not our troubles, not our sufferings. And I'm grateful even that we have a Lord that understands suffering. It's not like he literally entered into it. And so even in our fears and in our irritation, when you read Lamentations 3, the way they describe, he says, God, like, I feel like you're a bear coming for me. Like, I think God wants us to be honest. I don't like that you took my husband. I don't like that my child is sick, but can you do something in me 
that allows me to trust that you're good when everything is bad. Yeah. And that's Christianity. It's a hard Christianity, but it's not one that's going to return to you void. <laughs> On the other side of this earth, there is glory awaiting us if we endure till the end. I mean, all the time, Jackie, you just talk about like this all the time. No, this I don't just talk like, like this with my husband. You're like hanging with your friends. You're just like <laughs> people, people are going to be time. knocking on your door. Can you be friends with me? And aren't no. you, you're more introverted, right? I'm extremely introverted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, yeah, yeah stay away. Don't yeah, no, no, we, we, me and my husband, we do have these these conversations often and he's the one that I process a lot of these ideas with so that when I am talking to you know regular people I'm able to try to articulate them as best I can it's a gift God gave you a gift you're a gift to our generation of I I just really I I we will get onto another topic but I want to give you a little virtual high five I see your (laughs) gift I see your gift and I'm not glorifying you as a person I'm glorifying the gift God put in you. Oh, for sure. Because you are drawing people closer to him. I think one of the major refining places of motherhood is feeding everyone. Am I right? The grocery shopping, the planning, the grocery shopping, the getting it made, all of it. And then if you have the kids reject what you put on the table, it's just too much. It's too much. One way I'm going to help you out is by telling you, if you haven't heard of HelloFresh, it's a meal kit service. They send you all the things. I pick the family-friendly option, so my boys have loved everything that has come to our house. There have been no complaints, zero, and I know it's healthy. It's fresh food that I'm feeding them. I've also loved that they come with a picture card, so when each boy walks into the kitchen asking what's for dinner, I just hold up the card. It's super helpful. I say this. This is what's for dinner. And even my husband, he'll walk in, say, what's for dinner? Now, with the fall schedule, what's fantastic is when I am still doing carpool for sports, I can text Bruce and say, hey, go grab one of the HelloFresh meals out of the fridge and start following the instructions. And it is really easy to put together. It's great. I can have one of my boys who's home do it. If you want to check it out, I've got such a great option for you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone, DMA14. Use the code DMA14, and you're going to get up to 14 free meals, including shipping. Y'all, free food. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DMA14. Use that code DMA14 to get up to 14 free meals and free shipping. This is such a gift that I'm giving you from HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Check it out. You have a fourth baby coming. Oh, yeah. The third just woke up. I can hear her upstairs. That's not right. <laughs> what? It's not. It's Nap time's not over. Get back in bed. Yeah, it's about time. It's about time. Um, but my friend's here, so she's fine. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so how, what are the ages? My oldest, Eden, she's six. Six. My middle child, Autumn, is three. My youngest, Autumn, Sage, is <laughs> nine months. Okay. And then I am 20 weeks. So I'm five, I'm five months. So I am postpartum and prenatal all at the same time. It's a doozy. That it, it wasn't. It wasn't what I was looking to do. Just in case there are listeners saying, "Oh, you must really like having kids." No, 
this was obedience to God. <laughs> God directed and led me and my husband because we were done. He was about to get a vasectomy. And there, the Lord was just kind of like, yeah, no, that's not what we're going to do. And I was like, okay, all right, <laughs> I guess. And it, it just was a, I had to, I had to remember that he's Lord of the womb too. Mm. You know, that this body is not my own. Uh, and so it was hard and it still is hard because I mean, I'm the one that has to carry the dang on child. Uh, but <laughs> And y'all found out the gender. We did. Okay. So you're going to switch it up this time. Well, yeah, with the boy. (laughs) That makes it better though. I mean. I'm telling you, I did four boys and I will tell you the tears I cried when I found out the fourth was still a boy. I was like, (laughs) here we go again. I've written a whole thing about it. Every mom's come to me when they found out they got their fourth boy. But, you know, it's it's a it's an all match set. We're all happy now, but it's hard. Having lots of kids is hard. It's good. It's good. It's a blessing. I know that people that they struggle and then that is a thing and it's a real thing. And I acknowledge the struggle, but I will also say my oldest was six and a half the day my youngest was born. Okay. And it's a lot. Yeah. I just have so many thoughts because it's like (laughs) one, I was raised like an only child, right? I had siblings, but they were not with me. Okay. It's like my, my brother, for example, he, uh, he was born in 1973. I was born in 1989. We're 16 years apart. And so I have a like, sister. Yeah, I have a sister 16 years older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He mm-hmm. was out of the house by, by the time I could walk. And yep. so yep. even that, not I'm, I'm trying to teach my children things that I never had to deal with. I didn't have to deal with sharing. That no. wasn't my problem. I didn't have to deal with conflict resolution. And so I'm just sitting here like, how do, how do parents parent kids to share? Like, is it, <laughs> it is hers. I didn't buy it for her. But do... I, am I supposed to? <laughs> it's just, I, I feel like I'm just, I'm just walking in the dark with a lot of stuff. Yeah. With, ha- with having all these kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of parents often reach out and they're like, how did you know you were done? Or when did you know how many? And so it's interesting for you to share the story of you felt God saying, no, we're not done. Oh, it was, it was a very uh, explicit. No. I can share that if you want me to. Yeah, I think it's helpful because I think people are basing it off like human things. Yeah. Spiritual logic. So basically, when uh, we were done with our third, when we'll back up before I got pregnant with Sage, I believe God speaks to his people. And so I had a very strong unction from God that we would have a son. I thought the son would be my third daughter. <laughs> and so when when she came out a girl, I said, oh, "Okay, I can't hear God, but that's okay. My womb is closed, and we're we're done. It is what it is." But even in me articulating that I was done, I still lacked peace. Mm. And I, I, but I kept trying to act like I didn't lack peace. I was like, "There's no way he was not fine. Kids. I'm fine. That, I, that's <laughs> like the modern day eight. Like that's a, that's that's obnoxious." And so <laughs> I just lacked it. So my husband was scheduled to get a vasectomy in that morning. Uh, I, again, I didn't have peace and I prayed for him and I said, uh, Lord, we prayed together and I said, Lord, if, if it's not your will, you know, for us to not move forward with this, we're going to submit it to you. And I'm just kind of being spiritual, not, not really wanting him to do that. Um, uh, it isn't, yeah, I'm just doing the thing. And so I, I was on my way to school and I, I remembered that that night I had a dream and in the dream, I had a baby in my hand that was a boy that was half alive. Mm. 
meaning it wasn't dead, it was being kept from life. And in the dream, I was talking to God and there was this fear of having this boy in my hand. And in the dream, a voice came to my head and said, do you trust me to have another child? And I text Preston and I said, here's the dream I had, how do you feel? And he said, I don't have any peace. And I had a dream last week that I was grieving the son that I kept myself from having. And it's just like, I mean, at this point, if we don't move forward with just having the baby, we're just being rebellious. And so I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps. I'm not joking. I really do all over. But one thing I feel like the Lord was showing me is that this is bigger than you. Yeah. This isn't this isn't just you having four kids for the sake of having four kids. This is you are the first Christians in your family. I am building a different generation through you. Like this is I have legacies in mind. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. (laughs) You're trying to do more than just make Jackie keep popping out kids. And so that's actually really encouraged me that God is just trying to do something, do something new. And it totally fits with what you're talking about here with God's character and our trusting him and our surrender of what we think is good. And yeah, his vision for things is so much, it's so much wider. You know, we're so like linear and how it's like, if this was my whole life, I'm holding up my phone, y'all. If this is my whole life, God has transcended. He's outside of the whole thing. Mm. So he sees the whole thing at once and he does that for everybody. He's outside of it. He's outside of time. That's good. I'm like in this little dot right here, like, hey, but wait, I'm suffering right here. <laughs> and he's like, just trust me. I That's got you. True. I got you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Well, okay. So in your motherhood journey, how do you not mom alone with all these people? You said your friends over. No, God is, he is so uh, kind to me uh, about two, three, right before the pandemic. I was, I just felt really overwhelmed uh, with the kids and my ministry and all the things. And I just asked God for help. And then I asked him for a team, a village, because I just had been reading a lot about the way people outside of the West do family. And I was like, we're kind of like the only people that think that we're supposed to raise kids with no help, (laughs) you know, or or you feel bad or incompetent. There's something wrong with you that you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's just kind of not how it's been in ancient history. Like it's always been a village kind of thing. And so something happened with my mom where she ended up living with me. And so she's been living with me for the last uh, almost three years. And so that primarily is the way that I don't mom alone. And she doesn't even do anything spectacular, but the little things she does do are major. She washes the girls clothes. Their sheets. She gives them baths sometimes. She, if the dishes are in the sink, she'll take care of it. If the baby's going nuts and I'm kind of in that mood where like she just don't have to cry today, she'll come get her and play with her and change her little diaper and put all the, you know. So she just, she just fills in the gap so that I don't. And I, I know that's not everyone's circumstance, but that's the way God has provided for me is by just having my mommy in my house. Huge. I make sure she's well taken care of because of it. Whatever you want. You want you want a Gucci bag? I don't care. I will go on my savings account to make you happy later. <laughs> I heard a speaker talk about blue zones where people in the world live to be 100. Like big groups of people are living oh, yeah. to be 100. In and Greece, one, they have that. Greece. Yes, yes. There's a place in Greece. And one of the things, you live longer 
if you have a household with a grandmother in it, like the grandmother will live longer. She, so wow. you're actually prolonging her life by having her live with you. Okay. That's fascinating. I need to so read look up blue now. zones. Yeah. Blue. It's a book. I think, I don't know. Anyway. And uh, yeah, all the food you eat and all that jazz. Yeah. I think that, I think that there is a, there is a Western versus yeah. The rest of the world that struggles with the asking for help. I think one question near the, near the end of your book and you talk about beholding God and this whole Mm -hmm. sanctification process of becoming like him through the work of the Holy spirit in us. I don't know about you, but I think sometimes in motherhood, there's a lot of like beholding our kids. Mm -hmm. Have you processed through this, this shift of like have all of our attention, the whole, like keeping them happy. I mean, you're kind of about to enter the signing them up for all the things keeping up with the Joneses on, I want to make sure they get the scholarship. So if we don't sign up for soccer at 18 months, they're never going to get a college scholarship. (laughs) I think I actually don't struggle with that. And I think it's because that's not how I was parented. Yeah. My mother was present, but I wasn't the center of everything. And so I think my actual struggle is giving them more of my attention. Oh, interesting. Giving them more of my time. And the pandemic showed me that um, because in 2019, yeah. yeah, in 2019, I was on, on 120 flights. And wow. so my norm was that I'm home Monday through Thursday and then Friday and Saturday, I get a break. So when the pandemic came and I was just home every day, I wasn't used to being a mother without a break, which is crazy. And I was having like, I was just angry and mad and irritated. And the Lord was like, see, this is this is actually normal, Jackie, to just be present at home and be okay with it. And so what the pandemic showed me was that I did not give enough of my energy to my children to enjoy them. Mm. And so now I've completely cut off so many things because it's like, no, this is real ministry. This is real life to be around my kids and to get off my phone and to look them in the eye and say, how are you? I'll play with your little toy. I might change my voice even a couple of times. My daughter tells me what voice she wants me to talk in. And it's it's kind of mean. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's my temptation is to feel my schedule with everything else and think that everything else is bigger and more effective and edifying than it is to simply just read a book to my kids. That's huge. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. Part. I I think that there, yeah, I, I can relate to that. I can relate to both. I've swung both ways all over town. And I think, um, yeah. And in the stage you're in with those, those years, they're not wasted. Yeah. They're not wasted They're, I mean, and this is in an episode I just re-released, but, uh, and someone reminded me it was in there that Samuel only spent what five years maybe with his mom, Hannah. Moses probably only spent five years with his mom before he was flung into Egyptian culture and they still held to this vision of Yahweh and Samuel heard his voice. And so those first five years aren't wasted. That's really good. They matter. And uh, that, that time um, that you're sitting there with your voices. Yeah. She's she's amazing. I was, I was thinking yesterday how every older parent I know every time they, they, you know, it goes fast. It goes fast. It goes fast. <laughs> Take advantage of it. But it wasn't until this year that that clicked. 
And I'm grateful that they say it every time because I realize it does go fast. It, yeah. it does. And it's just like me and my husband were talking about it. We were like, Preston, we were saying one day they're not going to willingly want to be around us all day. They're not going to have all these questions. They're going to they're gonna have all these other things that they want to fill their day with. And so I, it is kind of like, man, the Lord is like trying to like, no, take advantage of them wanting to be near you. That's a beautiful thing. And it's hard because you just like, go away. How did you, for the mom who's like, yeah, I feel what Jackie's saying. The pandemic made me aware that I wasn't as present. How did you navigate that transition of, you know, how did you help with your anger? Did you, are you still getting breaks somehow to kind of transition or? I've kind of settled into this. I'm used to it thing. Okay. And so it's actually weird now that when I go away, I miss them. To be honest, before I would not miss them. And that's how, you know, there's some up. It's just like, or they wouldn't even miss me. Now, when I leave, it's like, mommy, why are you leaving? It's like, oh, wow, you're so used to me being here now. Um, but I, I, one, I had to, I had to see and notice there was a problem. Yeah. And so I noticed the irritation. And then I went to God with why God showed me you're having a temper tantrum because <laughs> you're mad that you have to freaking be a mom seven days a week. Yeah. And then from there, I just kept praying, God, help me enjoy my children. That was my exact prayer. Help me enjoy, not tolerate, help me enjoy my children. And over time, he has legitimately given me a joy. Uh, I'm not going to say that joy lasts for a long time, you know, because when we get to page six of the book and they just kind of want to talk about why there's a bumblebee in the corner in the sky. And that's not even what the book is about. My patience starts to to dwindle, but (laughs) I appreciate the fact that I even want to do it when I didn't want to do it before. That's huge. Um, Okay. So I, it sounds like to me, like God's holiness sanctifying of you as a mom has been that has been that, that transition of enjoyment of letting go of your way and kind of trusting God that he's doing something and legacy with your family. Yeah. And reorienting my mind to not think that preaching the gospel on stage is more monumental for the kingdom than sitting with my child and talking about nothing. Yeah. You know, that's like, I've had to see, no, the time spent with my children, even if it's not spiritual, is holy too. Yeah. It's special. It's it's sacred. And so I think in kind of this Western, especially Christian celebrity thing, you can really feel like these mountaintop experiences are better than you sweeping the kitchen. But that's not true. It's just not true. Yeah. People throw that out there. This is holy work. This is holy motherhood. That's holy work. It is. And sanctified. Break that down. Oh. Oh, it's sanctified for sure. Because you're you're even the process of carrying a child. Yeah. It's it's holy in the sense of I am living out what Jesus did. I am giving up my body yeah. to serve and curate and create another being. <laughs> like it's just like I can't even eat Jimmy John's, right? I can't even have a deli sandwich. I can't eat. eat I can't eat swordfish, certain sushi. Like I can't have wine. I know some saints do. I just, there's all these things. My my hips hurt, right? Like 
my pelvic floor is a hot mess. Like I'm sacrificing my body for the sake of someone else's life. If that isn't the gospel, I don't know what is. <laughs> so all of it, all of it is, is sanctifi sanctifying it. And it allows us to feel what it means to serve. And service is intrinsically holy. It's being arrogant and self-serving that is so anti-like God. Yeah. Yeah. I felt That's that. That's, I mean, this episode, so encouraging to all the people. I, it's hot. Computer's hot. Whole thing's hot. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to point everyone to your book, uh, Holier Than Thou. Hold it up again like this. And uh, I'm so thankful that you're on the show. We'll be praying for the next 20 weeks of your growing. Thank you. It's the so best. long to go. Boys are great. Boys are great. Thanks. Big fan of boys. Um, and so everyone you should be. <laughs> you don't have a choice. <laughs> I really you just gotta you gotta yeah, if you get if you have questions as you get into it. Okay. But you already have your husband's really into animals, right? Like really odd animals. Oh totally. Yeah, we animals, we've, dinosaurs, all the things. <laughs> all the things. So he's gonna be thrilled. Yeah, we have an axolotl. We've had a hedgehog. Okay. So these are these come with boys, so y'all already be yeah. prepped. He'll be thrilled. Yeah. He'll be it's gonna thrilled. be fun because we're having the first boy for both grandparents. There's no grandsons, there's no nephews. This is the first and the last. So this is all around. This is special for a lot. You're of like the matriarch. You're keeping the yeah, because everybody else, their ovaries are closed. And so I was kind of the last hope. Like the line, <laughs> the line starts with Jackie Hill Perry. That's a big deal. Matriarch. Well, excited for y'all. Thanks for being with me today. And I will thank point you. everyone to your website and all the things. And uh, just thank you. Thank you for your time. Really. Thank you. This is fun. So a lot of this content really goes along with the first third of my book. I feel like a lot of the challenges of motherhood boil down to our ability to trust God, to trust God for the outcome of our kids, to trust him for the hard things, the suffering. Um, I thought it was interesting. Jackie and I finished this and the next morning she woke up to a house full of poop. Her toilet had backed up and I'm sure she wasn't laughing. Uh, she had to get all her floors redone and move out for a little bit. I mean, it, it doesn't feel holy. That doesn't feel holy. But we can trust God even in the hard and challenging parts of our story, even things like filling up our house with sewage. It's uh, trusting that he is good. And even if our life doesn't look good, that he will walk through it with us. Any challenge I've ever had, I know that God has met me there and that there is no grace, like my friend, uh, she is now in heaven. Uh, Vicki Kraft would say, there is no grace for your imagination and so trusting him um, with the grace he provides today for what we're walking through right now. I'm going to pray for us. Definitely check out her book, Holier Than Thou. Um, um, here we go. Going to God. Lord, I thank you that we don't look to the people around us to tell us who you are. That you've revealed who you are, especially through your sacrifice of sending your own son 
for us because of your love for us, that we can know that you are for us when nothing looks good around us, that we can hold on to the truth of your character, that you cannot change, that you cannot lie, that you will hold us and we don't see the whole picture, that we can trust you with the moments we do see today and leave um, the rest to you. Give us eyes for those unseen things that you're doing. I pray for each mom represented here who is mothering little ones that she can be reminded that what she's doing is important, holy work, set apart. If the world doesn't applaud her efforts or um, give her gold stars and A pluses, that it is not lost on you, that you are so present with her in each of those moments, each of those challenges, even those mundane tasks. Um, May she feel you with her, God. In Jesus' name, amen. A huge way you can be an encouragement to me is to go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash book and pre-order a copy of the book. There are so many different vendor options. I'll let you know that the Baker Books option, it's 40% off with free shipping. And then once the book launches, it's 30% off. And if you want some goodies for pre-ordering your book, just go to that form that's there, put in your email address, put in your name, put in your confirmation number, and you will get clicked in to this group where starting September 7th, leading up to the launch of the book, I'm going to send out six, that's it, just six weekly emails. And with each email, I'm going to have an exclusive interview that I'm going to do with Courtney Cleveland, a little 10 minute where she's going to interview me, give you a little bit more uh, on the book and just life. You're going to hear from me, some thoughts I have. And on that last email, October 12th, I'm going to give you a link to a free copy of the audiobook, which I'm super pumped I actually get to read. That's not a given, I guess, that an author gets to read their own book. But I'm going to read it. I'm going to give you a copy. You're already a listener of the podcast. This is a win-win. So there's that option. Also, in those emails, I'm going to be inviting you to more things if, if you want. If it's not a match for you, your life is full, your fall is full, no biggie. But we're going to have a little party over on a little private Facebook group. And with that, we're going to have some really fun giveaways and some exclusive things for that group I'd love for you to be a part of, but I also know that life is full. So you'll get invitations to that, but you can pick and choose if you want to be a part of it. The free audiobook is for anyone who pre-orders, um, and I want to make sure you get that. So dumbmomalone.com forward slash book. Thank you. You rock. You're the best. And I'll see you here next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. 
As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.